The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. I'd like to wish a happy holiday to all of our Canadian and U.S. listeners. Canada's birthday, July the 1st, last Monday. And of course, tomorrow is the United States birthday, July the 4th. It's really interesting that both our countries bordering upon each other are cancer babies and hopefully... We can come together for a phenomenal year. Jupiter moved into Cancer on June 25th for the next year, and so it should be a very lucky, good fortune, expansive year for all of us in the North uh, North America. My guest today is Sheva Carr, and she is here to talk about the heart and its significance and how we can work with our hearts to a much greater degree to, to bring us uh, happiness and freedom. So Sheva, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a joy to be here, Peter. Well, I know that you're all about the heart, so tell our listeners a little bit about your own background and, and what has brought you to this this place. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I have to pause and ponder that because any life is made of so many millions of steps. Where did it begin? <laughs> It's amazing when you look back, isn't it, and see how we've been guided into these different situations and preparations and tools and awarenesses. Oh, yeah. You know, when I heard you say ways of working with the heart, I I sort of chuckled inside because, in fact, it's really the heart that's been working with us all along. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's kind of how it goes. Uh, I absolutely love the topic of your show. Because we are co-creating, whether we do it consciously or not, but awakening to the capacity to do it with conscious, deliberate awareness is something unprecedented on a collective scale for humanity. And we are living in a time where that is very much our collective destiny. And so um, each one of us is in a just right circumstance, even though it can often for many of my students and sometimes even me feel just wrong. (laughs) But often it's it's those situations of our lives that are sort of like the, you know, the the gutter at the bowling alley (laughs) that are guiding that bowling ball right where it needs to go so that we don't miss the mark, we don't lose it. So, um, so the heart 
is working now with our collective human family, bringing us to an unprecedented collective evolution, and each one of us is a part of that. You don't have to even try to be a part of it. You are, by de facto, it is happening. The issue is what will make that happen with greater ease and grace, less perhaps banging through the gutters of life, <laughs> the, the gutters of, the, of life's bowling alleys and more um, hitting a strike and getting all those bowling pins down. And so that's, that's a more fun way to go. And it turns out that we can apply skills, practical skills in our lives to do that. That's what I relate to when I hear you talk about conscious co-creation. And so in my own life, um, like so many, the blueprint was very similar. I came to the heart through suffering. Um, and, you know, the suffering began very early on when I was seven years old. My best friend was murdered in a violent crime. And I experienced a terror of of death and of losing my loved ones. And uh, at the same time, confronting of violence and death so early on um, made me fearless in another funny way. And so by the time I was 18 years old, um, I had managed to figure out a way to get a college degree living in war zones. And I was living in Nicaragua during the Contra War, working with street children in a literacy program called there through really a, a heart's calling to be of service and to make a difference in the world. But uh, I was certainly idealistic and naive and exposed to tremendous danger and trauma living in that war zone. And came back to Canada. I was living in Canada at the time, so thanks for the nod to Canada Day, and now I'm in the States, so happy Independence Day for all of you. I have a fun story to share about that and the heart in a moment. But I came back to Canada with very severe post-traumatic stress, which was not widely talked about at that time, so it remained undiagnosed for eight years. And I had many different symptoms that plagued me that no specialist could pin down. And so that suffering, physical and emotional pain, led me on a, a journey lit by a lantern along the way of an inner confidence that joy and well-being are the birthright of every human being and that there must be some way to reclaim that. And so I studied many different forms of medicine, including allopathic medicine and uh, became a doctor of oriental medicine and different bodywork modalities and psychological counseling and, you know, filled my wall with licenses and diplomas seeking that flame of well-being and fulfillment that I felt confident was the birthright of every human being. And that led me on a spring break from my uh, graduate program in Oriental Medicine to, uh, at that time, what was a little research institute in California uh, to volunteer transcribing their research. 
And that was the first time that I came to understand as I transcribed research studies done in collaboration with the Institute of Heart Math and uh, a physician, a local physician, that what I had been experiencing with all these physical symptoms for eight years was undiagnosed post-traumatic stress. And that, so cu- oh, yeah. A couple of- Couple of questions around around that, Sheva. So, those, uh, if you could just, exp- I'm sure there are other listeners uh, who are, have experienced and are still experiencing those uh, post traumatic stress disorder symptoms, which have never been uh, understood. So, can you tell us a bit about what they were? Well, in in my particular case, and in everyone, it can show up differently because it affects the nervous system so profoundly. And the nervous system, especially the autonomic nervous system, is governing up to 97% of your body's functions. So that means you have 97% of your body's functions that can go wrong when something's out of balance there. For most people, it shows up as sleep disturbance, uh, hypervigilance, emotional reactivity. You could hear, you know, a dripping faucet and jump out of your skin. Um being on guard all the time, feeling a sense of threat. And long-term, that hypervigilance causes depletion and exhaustion of our system because hormonally and biochemically, it's like we're calling 911 with every sound we hear. You can imagine if you called 911 and got an ambulance every time you wanted to go to the, the grocery store or you know, out out somewhere, you'd burn through resources quickly, and that's what we do with our bodies. And so then you get the symptoms of depletion. So in my case, I went into menopause at the age of 19. I had, though I'd been a dancer, I had uh, what I would call, what I used to call rigor mortis in my body. I couldn't even bend over and touch my knees, let alone my toes. I had arthritic symptoms and terrible um, pain everywhere, fibromyalgia-like symptoms as well as gastrointestinal digestive symptoms because when all of your body's resources are firing for survival in what is perceived to be a continuous life threat, there are no available resources to do the simple things like digest your food and enjoy your life. So, how, so Sheva, how do you, how do you get out of that actually? Um, because obviously, uh, there there aren't a lot of people around who can help people through those types of traumas. So, so how do you actually resolve that? Well, this is a very important and timely question because symptoms of PTSD are no longer just the domain of those of us that have lived in conflict or trauma zones. With the accelerated pace of change on the planet, and you know the fact that. You can walk into a a mall and have 40 people shot in front of you at a moment's notice in North America. These kinds of collective societal stressors, which I want to remind everyone, are operating in collusion with a global shift towards more heart-based living. They're not, while, while they're painful and negative to go through, they are supporting us to find a a new way of living together. And part of that is the stress symptoms that get produced. So you don't have to live in a conflict zone to have some of these symptoms of long-term chronic stress. 
most people that I have worked with and know in all walks of life from many different situations around the world are experiencing things like this. And so it's a timely question, how do we reverse that? Because it's affecting the majority of the population. And there are geophysical reasons for that, too, um, which we can talk about, Peter, later in terms of the increased solar flares and solar activity and how that's affecting the Earth's ionosphere and how that affects human behavior, human experience, human physiology. And we can counteract the stress of all of that through the power of the heart. So actually, I'm going to hold you right there, Sheva, because we're coming up to our first break, and it'll be a great opportunity to take a breath, drop into the heart, and uh, anticipate your explanation of how we can do this. Beautiful. Thank you. It's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. If you were looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light, where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com, where we have all of our uh, radio shows archived. Uh, my July newsletter will just about be out today or tomorrow in time for the holidays. And all the information there about our recent trip to Golden, BC, what a great name for a town, and what we were involved in there, and also our Landscape Zodiac work uh, for our previous journey, which was in Gemini. 
uh, and also www.myheartcenteredjourney. I'm sure Sheba will enjoy that website, which is all about uh, functioning in the corporate business world through the heart. And our ambassadors of light class, again, which are archived, which take place every other Thursday at 5.30 p.m. So www.petertongue.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. And we are about to go on a heart-centered journey with my guest today, Sheva Carr. Sheva was explaining just before the break about how we can begin to resolve stresses in our lives, whether it be major traumatic stress or otherwise, by working with and through the heart. So, Sheva, back to you. Thank you so much, Peter. So here's the great good news. Uh, when Hans Selye first coined the term stress in the 40s and 50s, they defined stress as external circumstances. And most of us on the planet at this time are definitely exposed to stressful circumstances, whether in our own lives or just turning on the news. And so the great good news is we don't define stress anymore now that more research has been done by any external circumstances. Stress instead is defined as our physiological and emotional reaction to our circumstances. And the reason that's good news is because we can't always change circumstances. I certainly don't have the, uh, the conscious co-creative skill yet to change solar flares. <laughs> But we can change our response to them, and we can shift our own physiology. We can take charge of that so we're not reacting to stress in the same way. And it turns out, obviously, there are many ways of doing that. I'm sure you've had some fascinating interviews with other people who have techniques and and knowledge about how we can take charge of our reactivity and translate it into conscious co-creative response. I work primarily with the skills and tools based on 30 years of research done by the Institute of HeartMath, where I took that spring break and transcribed their research. And what they discovered is that the heart is a great leverage point for transforming our internal physiology. The reason that works is you can imagine that the heart's rhythm is very much like the conductor of an orchestra. When the heart is beating in an ordered rhythm that we call coherence, that leads to what we call physiological coherence, system-wide organization. Your whole body operates optimally. When we are distraught emotionally, that creates a chaotic pattern in the heart's rhythm that's sort of like the conductor of a grand orchestra suddenly getting Tourette syndrome and nobody <laughs> knows what to play or when to come in. And that and it sounds pr- it sounds pretty it sounds pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually just sort of the standard state of stress that most of us live in most of the time. The heart's rhythm is inextricably linked to the autonomic nervous system I talked about earlier that's governing 97% of your body's functions. The autonomic nervous system is like the fuel pedal and the brakes on your car. And when we are emotionally distraught, it's sort of like driving your car with your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. We're sending a very herky-jerky signal to our whole body, burning through lots of fuel, getting nowhere, and smoking up our brake pads. 
<laughs> and what we want to do is drive the vehicle of our body through life with finesse, using with fuel efficiency, using the minimum amount of fuel to go the furthest. And it turns out when the heart rhythm is coherent, goes into this ordered pattern, that optimizes all the rest of the body systems. Over 1,400 biochemical things change in our body-mind when we make that shift to a coherent heart. And the piece of research that put HeartMath on the map in 1991, published in the American Journal of Cardiology, was that that coherent heart rhythm is activated by what we normally think of as positive emotion. Feelings like love, care, compassion, appreciation, gratitude. These types of feelings send the heart into an immediate coherent pattern that changes over 1,400 things in how our body works. So our capacity to transform our own stress as well as become a resource in the planetary response to stress so that changing times mean change for the better because of who we decide to be can happen through the leverage of the heart, what we call the heart's power. Electrically speaking, the heart is... 60 to 80 times more powerful than the next strongest electrical oscillator in the body, which is the brain. But what's also significant is that the heart has been discovered in the last 20 years to have a brain of its own, with its own neurotransmitters, proteins, support cells. This brain in the heart has a unique quality of intelligence. I opened a whole new field of research called neural cardiology in which old phrases that we say poetically and metaphorically, like follow your heart or listen to your heart, what does your heart tell you, put your heart into it, actually have some scientific merit because there is an intelligence in the heart that operates differently than the singular survival intelligence of our individuality, an intelligence that's connected to the best interest of every aspect of our body-mind and the wholeness of our planet of which we are a holographic piece so that when we get coherent in our heart rhythm, then the conscious mind is able to eavesdrop on the intelligence in the heart that's been there all along. And that informs new kinds of decision-making, innovative solutions to old problems, and a choice path that involves making choices that are the highest best for you and for the whole. So Sheva, just help, help us to see how we're in a stressful situation, we're in a reactive mode, and, and we know about this now, we've heard the show. How, how do we make that shift from being in that reactive space into this heart coherence? Well, that's mastery, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So there's the simple answer, and then there's the real answer, which is that's a lifelong journey. Uh, at HeartMath, for example, um, we can talk you through one of the skills that we teach right now. But to acknowledge, not to oversimplify, 
There are a hundred different skills we teach in a year-long course in which people who really recognize, ah, the heart is my path of conscious co-creation. This is what I've been looking for my whole life, can immerse themselves in that with daily practice sessions and classes, learning skills for specific situations and relationship interactions and so on. But the essential process is this. What stress is essentially by definition is old survival physiology. I like to call it survival software. Kicking in in modern situations that aren't life-threatening. The body doesn't know the difference between sitting down to take a, an exam or a job interview or stuck in traffic when you need to get somewhere and a literal life threat like a tiger chasing you. What signals the body as to your relative well-being or not are the emotions you feed it. What's your emotional diet? So the place that we can start to shift heart rhythms and take charge of our lives and our stressors is in tracking our emotional response to things and choosing differently. How does that work? So I'm sitting in an exam, and one of the things that happens for a lot of people is their brain shuts down when they're under stress, the higher cortex, let's say, with our verbal communication skills, the part of us that memorizes data, that can goal set, vision, step toward those goals, all those things that we've come to value our species for our rational capacity to be creative and innovate, all that comes from the part of the brain that shuts down when we're under stress. So I'm sitting in this exam, my shoulders are tense, my armpits are sweating, and now I studied, but I can't remember the answer to this question, and I know I know it, but I don't have access to the part of me that knows it in that moment. The instruction is to shift your focus of attention, and I invite all of you to do this with us now, to the area around your heart. To, while you maintain that focus of attention on the area around your heart, allow the breath to come evenly in and evenly out. If it helps you, you can count to five. It's not a breathing technique, so you don't want to over-focus on the breathing. You just want to allow your breath to be perhaps a little slower than usual, just coming in and out evenly, even inhale, even exhale, while you're maintaining your focus of attention on the heart. Just that step alone changes the nervous system. If you can, the invitation is then to add a third step. While you're focusing your attention in the heart, breathing in through the heart and out through the heart, I invite you to activate one of those feelings that we call a heart feeling. You might associate it with a positive emotion. I don't like to use that phrase because no emotion is negative and we can address that but an emotion that feels good to you. Like you could connect with someone or something you're grateful for or an activity you enjoy. Breathing gratitude and appreciation for the people in your life, the places in your life you love. You want to do this where there are no strings attached. You don't want to appreciate 
the dog that died where there's a sense of grief. You really want to connect with that powerful, positive appreciation. And if that's too far away for you, as it is for many people I work with in the trauma of great changing times, then compassion, at the very least, for yourself. So, Shiva, we're actually coming up to our second break. Now that I'm in this beautiful, relaxed place, uh-huh, <laughs> we'll take this break and we'll return with Shiva Kar. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Porozhik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows, Shari Chase at Chase International Realty Company in Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada, and also uh, my colleagues at Voice America, Matt and Roland, who are uh, the recording engineers for the pre-records and for the regular shows, who do a fantastic job, very smooth, and Brandy, my producer who uh, is uh, a solid person behind me in promoting this show and creating the opportunity for our listeners to hear these wonderful guests that we have on the show to help us on our awakening journey. One of those guests today, Sheva Kar, is with us and giving us a wonderful insight into the heart. And I, I know Sheva from uh, the HeartMath Institute. They actually have technology that actually measures when you have dropped into this uh, coherent space. Just to tell our listeners a bit about that. 
no one that I know, at least who's sighted, would imagine going to an important event without looking in the mirror first, right? And yet, in truth, our emotional tone is affecting outcomes far more than our physical appearance. Yet, where do we go to look in the emotional mirror to see if we have emotional spinach between our teeth? And the answer <laughs> to that question is HeartMath's M-Wave Technologies. So this coherence, incoherence we've been talking about in the heart's rhythm that affects all the rest of our body, mind, and also, by the way, turns out to affect our environment because uh, any of you who've had an EKG know that if you, uh, when you go in to have the, the test done, the med tech doesn't hold your hand. They step out of the room or step aside while they're checking your heart rhythm. And the reason for that is because the heart is an electrical organ. It's broadcasting an electromagnetic field. They don't want the, the med- medical assistant, their heart rhythm to interfere with the read of your heart. What that tells you is your heart is also influencing the field around you. And so when you're able to shift to this inner balance, this inner coherence, then that changes not only your own internal perceptions and response, but it does affect how people, electronics, and all kinds of other things in the field environment behave back to you. And so HeartMath has developed a technology that's sensitive to that, an infrared sensor that hooks up to your ear or a thumb sensor that you can put your thumb on that will measure your heart rhythm in real time and give you real-time feedback as to whether you're in this relatively incoherent stress state or the optimal state we're calling physiological coherence. Sort of like the difference, if you can imagine, between watching a movie where the cameraman was, you know, shaking the camera the whole time versus being on a steady cam or listening to music on the radio where you're driving through a dead zone and there's just pure static versus tuning that dial and hearing things in high def. That's what coherence does for us. And you can imagine if you've ever talked to someone on a cell phone where you have to keep saying, I I can't hear you. What did you say? What did you say? How stressful that gets and how agitating that is. That's how most of us are walking through life with each other, with, with everything we interact with, because it's our own static stress that's blocking our clarity of perception, and that distorts response. And so our capacity to tune our inner dial to this inner balance is refined by the technologies from HeartMath. There's a handheld device called the M-Wave, um, which is about the size of a small iPhone that you can, you can just carry with you anywhere. There's also an iPhone iPad app, two of them, in fact, one with a very sensitive, accurate sensor, another that HeartMath developed conjunct with Huffington Post and AOL called GPS for the Soul. And that one's free. You can download that app, uh, and the camera in your iPhone will pick up your heart rate. And then there's also a, a computer version that has games and uh, the capacity to save your sessions. And it's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful device. And, in fact, the breakthroughs in my own health and well-being really finally came when we got the technology. And within two weeks of using it, all of my symptoms, physical symptoms and emotional, of PTSD reversed after eight years. So essentially you're saying that once you get into this coherent space, everything else writes itself. So there actually isn't anything else to do but to do this. Well, I wouldn't, I I certainly wouldn't make such an oversimplified claim. 
because, uh, you know, there are other sources of illness and and imbalance besides stress. But where our imbalances are stress-related, it it can be a panacea that brings everything else into harmony. And where we have imbalances or dis-ease, mentally, emotionally, or physically, that have other causes, certainly the stress of dealing with that can be offset by getting inwardly balanced so we can respond more effectively to those challenges as well. So, Sheva, one of the questions that comes up in the work that I do, which is similar to you in, in, a, in a different modality, but um, is this question of people who've gone through trauma, have gone through abuse, and they're beginning to go on their awakening journey and they're sort of ready to forgive perhaps the person who abused them or the circumstances that were involved. And then they get into this question of if we're all one, we're all connected. How can someone that I'm connected with behave in that way? And having to try to rationalize the experience they had, beginning to understand that it was part of the challenge of who they are and moving forward. How do you help them understand that piece of the puzzle? Well, obviously, that's a very specific, uh, unique thing for each individual, given the circumstances they've been in. And so I wouldn't want to say anything formulaic that would be trite to any one person going through that. And I would say if you are a person going through that, at Heart Mastery, we do offer complimentary consultations, 30-minute consultations with a licensed HeartMath provider. And if you make a note in uh, when you sign up for the consult, which you can do at heartmastery.com, right there on the homepage, there's a place where you can sign up for a free consult. You can just let us know that you came through um, Peter's interview. And, uh, and if I'm available, I, I will make myself available to do those free consults with you. So Thank you. that being said, that it, it can be a very individual thing. In general, Peter, this really speaks to the book I just came out with called Being the Source of Love. In any relationship we're in, whether it's a relationship with a person or a world issue, very often we're seeking in our immaturity as we grow. You know, the first thing a child needs is they need love and they need you to help them survive. And as we mature, our lives become less about what do I get from this, what's in it for me, and more about Who did this craft me to be in service to the world? What is this situation showing me is missing in terms of the value needed in the world? So one example I'll give very practically of this, I I mentioned this earlier, um, that the 4th of July has special significance to me, not just because I live in the United States, but this idea of Independence Day. Um, One of the things I did when I started practicing these skills is uh, in the early 2000s, I was coaching uh, some folks from the press who'd broken the story of what was happening to women in Afghanistan under the Taliban. And I found out early on what was happening before they broke the news. And I was so devastated that a woman could be stoned to death for uh, showing her wrist in public that I, I began pulling myself out of the deep depression that triggered in me and my own experience from the war zone I'd lived in into committing every moment of my life broadcast healing to those women in Afghanistan. 
And the reason July 4th is significant is because it was at that time I was working in an herbal pharmacy. I'd only spent a couple of weeks every time I came into my home doing this skill that we did before the break, breathing in through my heart and out through my heart, my own sense of healing hope and possibility and breathing that out to women in Afghanistan. When two young women showed up in the herbal pharmacy where I was working in Burkas, they were there passing through from Sundance Film Festival where they had shown films they'd smuggled in their burkas, describing and portraying what was happening to women there. They'd actually come to my herbal pharmacy to get help with their zits, of all things. And we (laughs) struck up a friendship that lasted many years in which from there forward, I wrote them letters via email to their refugee camp in Pakistan, sending messages of heart that they translated into three Afghan languages, and they distributed these to the other women in their country. I got a letter back from Fautsia, and this relates to your question, Peter, saying tomorrow I was going to take the cleaning fluid poison that would kill myself and my seven daughters because I thought no one in the world cared what was happening to us. But then I got your letter. And now I'm going to become a teacher in the underground school for girls. So when our focus shifts from what's being done to us to what our capacity inwardly is to respond to that in service to others experiencing the same thing, then we recognize the purpose and meaning of our experience which is it gives us a direct compassion, empathy, and understanding for others who've gone through that and makes us uniquely expert at serving them. That's where the heart takes us. Well, that's a beautiful explanation, uh, Sheva. Thank you so much for that. And one of the things I want to talk about in that last segment is how individuals' experiences in the world connect into and relate to the collective and then perhaps we can talk about the the bigger perspective of what's happening on the planet today and the and the global coherence uh, project that uh, HeartMath are involved in. It's uh, Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Having a fascinating discussion with Sheva Carr today. And Sheva, I know you've got all sorts of strings to your bow, but perhaps you could let our listeners know how they can make contact with you about all the different things you're involved in, including your book and HeartMath and your own website. Oh, I love that. Strings to the bow. It's beautiful. Well, um, we mentioned earlier that anyone who would like a complimentary 30-minute consultation with a licensed HeartMath provider can access that through our HeartMastery website by going to www.heartmastery.com and uh, uh, signing up for a complimentary consult right there on the homepage. And Peter, we were able to throw together last minute here as a gift for your listeners a big discount on the introductory four-week course that's at Heart Mastery. Normally $250 participants can sign up if they use the coupon code BELOVE, um, all capital letters, at heartmastery.com for the shift to the heart course in the shop. Again, with the coupon code BELOVE, they can receive that course for $99. So that's a... Oh, thank you. Fantastic. ...discount. Um, And uh, you can certainly sign up for a free consult if you're wondering if that course would be right for you. And uh, our our, uh, practitioners can give you some guidance as to what the best avenue within the very large HeartMath universe would be the best one to meet your needs because we are working in um, many different industry sectors and for the population in many different avenues. We have a Stopping Emotional Eating program. We work in hospitals. We work in schools. We're working in post-trauma zones. So um, a free consult might be the best way to go for your listeners. But if you know you just want to learn the basic technology, you can certainly, and the basic skills, you can certainly sign up for a course with us there. And those of you that do uh, use the coupon BELOVE, we also have another special offer for you, which is you'll receive a complimentary copy of my ebook, Being the Source of Love in which the story I just shared about the Afghan women and many, many other stories are uh, written in detail. So if you want some ongoing inspiration as to how to translate your consternation into contribution and into fulfillment for yourself and your purpose in the world, then these are all resources that are available to you. And you can learn more about that book, actually, by going to www.beingthesourceoflove.com. And you can certainly contact me directly at Sheva, which is S-H-E-V, like victory, A, at heartambassadors.com. That's all one word, heartambassadors.com. That's my private coaching 
group in which we're working with decision makers and inspirational heart ambassadors all over the world that are at the cutting edge of this positive global change. Thank you so much, Joe. That's great. I'd just like you to uh, expand a little bit. You've already uh, hinted on it, but just uh, just so it's really clear for our listeners that people who are going through these challenges and, and the world itself, which is uh, seemingly turning upside down right now, and, and how when they do actually come to terms with, with their situations and heal from that, that that has a significant impact on the collective. And you mentioned right at the start of the show about the significance of the collective consciousness right now. Just just talk a bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Well, the impact that you have when you shift to your heart in relation to your own challenges is just as you are a part of all that is and the problem, when you resolve these things in your own direct experience, you are a part of the global solution. Whether that plays out in you know, uh, working at the United Nations on a global level or simply plays out in more contentment as you water your own garden. Because the heart's field is broadcasting like a radio to the whole field, you are literally, when you find peace, ease, gratitude, appreciation, compassion, and choose to let that be the guiding force of your actions, whatever they might be, you are broadcasting that just the way this this conversation, Peter, is broadcasting. And when you broadcast that, you make that radio station of the coherent heart of heart-based living more available in the morphogenic field for everyone else to choose. So, um, you know, when it, this is the heart, the heart's energetic field is certainly non-local. When you look at what I call the magic of what happened between me and the women in Afghanistan, you can see that you have no limitations with the care of your heart. As you free your attention from your own stressors, that liberates your energy to be directed by your conscious mind and what you love and care most about so that you can funnel that energy that was tied up in self-absorption and despair into the healing of any place and situation on the planet you wish. And how, so in talking about the planet itself, how, how does the, the energetic connection between us, the human being, and the Earth's magnetic environment itself? Well, this is something that's being researched at the moment by the Global Coherence Initiative at HeartMath. Um, so we don't have definitive data on that, but it's being gathered And what we're looking at, and I could say what inspired the research of the Global Coherence Initiative was we, it makes sense and the data coming in certainly confirms that geophysical changes on the earth and coming to the earth from things like solar activity definitely affect human physiology and behavior. The question is, does human physiology and behavior in a figure eight back influence those things? Could human beings and their conscious choices affect weather patterns, earthquakes, solar activity? And so what inspired that was NASA happened to be doing uh, sort of a, a research study on the Earth's ionosphere, and they had data of a very coherent rhythm in the fields around the Earth, much like the field around a human heart three weeks prior to 9-11, 2001. 
the morning that the trade towers came down in that horrific terrorist attack at 9 a.m. Eastern time, that pattern of the Earth's ionosphere shifted from a coherent one to a very chaotic one, and it remained chaotic for several weeks. This got the attention of researcher Elizabeth Rauscher, who looked at that data and, and said, well, there's no, there's, n- there's no way that the explosions of the trade towers would cause that disruption in the Earth's field because uh, there had been much more significant explosions that had been measured without that impact. So the only thing she could conclude that caused that corollary was collective human reaction and stress, collective human emotional response. So if our collective stress can change the Earth's ionosphere, what about our collective coherence? And so the Global Coherence Initiative is setting up monitoring stations around the world to measure the impact of human care focused on particular areas. And you can sign up for the Global Coherence Initiative for free by going to www.g, like global, l, like love, coherence.org, www.glcoherence.org. And uh, when you're a member of the Global Coherence Initiative, you'll receive monthly care focuses to apply whatever meditative techniques and skills you use in order to consciously co-create a field of human caring around the planet that will perhaps, this is what's being researched, offset and even shift some of the global traumas occurring. It's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. Now, in terms of that research, um, are they looking into how many people are important in being involved in that or the quality of coherence? Is there any data on that yet? There's no data on it. I've heard some hypotheses that it might only take 300,000 people all focusing care on the planet at once to create a tipping point of global coherence. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I say this to my students because I feel like all of us that are committed to creating a better world or just basking in the glory of the beauty of the world we're in through seeing through the eyes of our hearts are living as pioneers at the cutting edge of a whole new way of life. We are experiments in our own life laboratory, and a scientist never begins an experiment with a conclusion. A good scientist always enters into that with neutrality, which is one of the skills we teach in our, in our, in our year-long course. So entering into this whole thing with a spirit of inquiry and discovery is part of the beauty and fun and heart ignition of the process. It's amazing, isn't it, that we are actually living on the planet in our own experiments at this time. It's phenomenal, isn't it? It, It's an incredible opportunity. And, you know, uh, as I wrote in my book, most of us start out living that story as a horror story, as a nightmare, uh, as, you know, a lab rat in one of the worst types of abusive experimentation. But when you find the power of your heart and learn to listen to its intelligence as a guide inside, what happens is that horror story and nightmare changes its soundtrack, and you discover that all along you've been living a love story. Sheva, that's a wonderful place for us to finish. We've come to the end of the show, and I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for giving us such a wonderful insight into heart-centered living. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter, and thank you to all of you for your attention.
Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Next week, my guest is Laurie Toy, and she will be talking about the I Am America teachings that came to her and how they came to her and what the latest update is on those understandings. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful holiday, those of you in Canada and the U.S., and we'll be in touch next week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.